I want to read to you a few verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning that first day. I've been thinking about this a little bit this week, about how God, before there was anything, was. That God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit were all together before anything had ever been created, in perfect harmony, glorifying and loving one another. From before time began, And then God created the heavens and the earth. And the first words that God said was, let there be light. Because the earth was without form and, and was void. There was nothing there. There was darkness over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering there over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Wouldn't that have been an incredible moment to witness? Nothing. There is nothing. And then suddenly there is a separation of light and darkness. And God says, let there be light. And for the first time, from our perspective, you would be able to see you would be able to uh, recognize the glory of God shining in that darkness. And then throughout the rest of the, I, I'm very tempted, I'm, I'm going to refrain, but I'm very tempted to read the rest of the creation account in the book of Genesis. About how day by day God created the land and he created the, separated the land from the seas and he filled it with fish and he filled the air with birds and then he created mankind in his image. And he walked with them. Because that's what happened in the beginning. And then we all are familiar, I think, with the story about how Adam and Eve were created in his image and they walked with him and were in fellowship with him and knew him as a friend. And then they turned from that. And while God had said, let there be light, and light shone into the darkness, they walked away from that light and into the darkness, away from relationship with God and to their own devices. And the rest of the scriptures are this story, in this history, about God's interaction with his creation. God's interaction with the world that he has created and the people that he's created in his image to glorify him and to be in relationship with him and how those people turn from him and how he called out to them, spoke to them. Sometimes he spoke to them in visions. Sometimes he appeared before them. 
Sometimes he spoke to them through prophets or through the scriptures, but he would speak to his people and he would say, this is what it means to be my people. This is what it means to walk in the world as my people. And some people accepted that and many rejected it. And we come then to John chapter 1, and I want to start reading in verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 1, 9, it says, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That one that spoke in the beginning, let there be light and light shined in the darkness, that very light is entering into the dark world that has turned away and walked away from him. In fact, John makes this even more clear in, as he begins his gospel in John 1.1, 1, 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, I, I think that um, we come around to Christmas time and we get ready to celebrate Christmas and we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And in some ways, it's made trite, right? That, that we, we talk about um, the baby in the manger and it's cute and we dress people up, little people up in costumes and things and we make them act out the story of Jesus because it's ridiculously cute to do that kind of thing. As though Christmas is this time for cuteness. That's, that's when we're doing well, right? When we're not just um, talking about reindeers and sleighs and things that have nothing to do with Jesus at all. But when we recognize that, that Christmas, the mass of Christ, the birth of Christ, is what we're celebrating, then a lot of times we go, the Christian response is to go, yeah, we need to put the Christ back in Christmas. We need to put Jesus back in that manger where he was so cute and wrap him up in those swaddling clothes where he doesn't make any peeps because he's the perfect baby. And so there's no crying or anything like that. And we, we think about this as just being this one moment in time where, where Jesus was born. And then we go, well, no, obviously, obviously we do recognize that the reason it's important that Jesus was born was so that he could die on the cross for our sins. That, that this, this was the one who was born who was going to be the Savior. He was going to be the Savior. He's the, the chosen one. 
And so it was very important to celebrate the birth of him because we recognize what was going to be so important about him. And when we talk about it that way, it is as though this birth of Christ is only important because of what he would accomplish, what he was going to do. And it is significant what he was going to do. We were sinners. We rejected God and walked away from him. And we needed a Savior who would die on our behalf, shed his blood on our behalf, so that we could be reunited with God and brought back into relationship with God. But it is not that we celebrate the birth of him like we celebrate maybe the birth of Beethoven or somebody for these things that they would accomplish later in their life where at the moment of their birth nobody recognized that there was anything about them but then they accomplished things later on and you go, oh wow, I share the same birthday as Beethoven or I share the same birthday as Albert Einstein or some other person who achieved some greatness and so we celebrate their birthday because of the greatness that they achieved later. But that's not what John is talking about here. He'll get to that. He's very clear when he gets gets through the gospel that he wants you to know that. But listen to what he says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. We're not talking about somebody who this was the first moment of their life, and it was the preceding of some great work that they would later do. We're talking about someone who has existed from before time began. We're talking about someone who created the world and everything in it and still upholds that world, that world by his word, by his power, by his strength, by his energy. Everything is held together and life continues to take place. We're talking about the true light, the one that said, let there be light. That's who we're talking about. And so when we're talking about the birth of Christ, we're talking about what theologians call the incarnation. God entering into his own creation as a person. That's why we celebrate this. That's why Christmas is so important. It's not just because Jesus was cute when he was small. It's not just because of the things that he would do, but really, Good Friday and Easter are the things that we should really celebrate. What we want to recognize is that God saw his people separated from him, distant from him, and needing to be reconciled. And he said, the only way that they are going to be able to be drawn back is if I myself become one of them. That's how this is going to happen. God from the beginning said, let there be light. And people enjoyed that light for a short time, and then they walked off into the darkness, and he said, okay, I have created you to be people of light, and if you're going to walk into the darkness, so am I. I am going to bring light into that darkness. 
I am going to reveal to you who I am so that you can see me. In the darkness, we can't see anything. We walked away from God and we found ourselves in this place where we were going, I can't really see anything. So that in John chapter 1, uh, chapter 1 verse 9, it said, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. How frustrating is that? God created mankind in his image. And then said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to enter into my creation. I am going to be one of you. I am going to walk with you. I'm going to identify with you. And I'm going to reconcile you to me. And they didn't recognize him. In fact, people still don't recognize him. How often are we told, you can't know God. You, you can't know God. God is unknowable. I don't think that there is a God, and even if there is a God, you can't know him. He's unknowable. Where do you get that from? Where does this idea that God is unknowable come from? Why should he be unknowable? He can be known. He reveals himself. We walk and we see a painting, right? We, we go to the art gallery or something, and when you see a painting, you go, wow, that is a beautiful painting. You know, there's no way to know where that came from. What do you mean there's no way to know where that came from? Yeah, there's just no way to know. It's just a painting, and it's beautiful. We acknowledge that. It's a beautiful painting, but there's no way to know where it came from. Well, sure you can know where it came from. There's a plaque right on the side of it that says, who painted it? Well, yeah, I know that there's a plaque. I know that there are words somebody wrote down that says how you can know who, that, who painted that painting, but you can't really know. But the artist was here last month, and the artist was telling us, I was the one that painted this. This was my inspiration for painting this. This is how I painted it. This is the way that I brush, did the brush strokes. This is why I painted it. This is what it's trying to communicate as I painted it. Well, yeah, but you can't really know. Sure you can. The same thing is true. God has been revealing himself since time began. Through his very creation, he has revealed himself. Through the words of his prophets, he has revealed himself. Through dreams and visions, he has revealed himself. And through the scriptures, he continues to reveal himself. We can know him. He has said, this is who I am. And when we didn't understand that, and when we rejected it, and when we refused to believe it, he entered into his creation as a man. So that he could say, this is who God is. Fully God, fully man. So that he could show us who he was and reveal to us his character, his grace, his love, his truth. 
so that the people who saw him went, never have we seen or heard anything like this before. Never have we heard anyone speak with such clarity about who God is. He seems to know not just from book learning, but from firsthand experience. Well, yeah, that's because God the Son has been with God the Father since before time began. He has intimate knowledge. He himself is very nature God. There's no confusion in his mind. He just was being who he was and talking about who he was so that people could see him and understand. He came to his own, verse 11 says, and his own people did not receive him. Those people that are so like him, created in his image, and then he enters into humanity in their image? How cool is that? I'm going to make you in my image, and then I'm going to become one of you. I know that we sing songs about it, and so it, it's kind of cliche at this point. But like that painter, painting himself into the painting, that's what he did. While still remaining the painter, though. Just picture that. Like Mary Poppins, right? Where they draw the chalk art on the... And then they jump into the painting. Or jump into the, the sidewalk uh, art. And take part in there. That's what God was doing. He had created this world. He had created us and then he entered in. And still, people rejected that and went, yeah, no, mm -mm. I don't like that. I don't think that's for me. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's who God really is. That's not who I want God to be. And yet this is who God is. This is who he has revealed himself to be. And so to all, verse 12, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He came and he said, okay, if you receive me, I will remake you. You will be reborn. You will be a new creation. You will have a new kind of life if you will come to me. I will give you a true life. The real life. Life that exists in, a, in the knowledge of who I am. I will give you that kind of life. It will be so different from the kind of life that you're living apart from me that it will be like walking in the daytime versus walking in the nighttime. You will be able to see everything clearly for what it really is with no confusion. All of those things that really look amazing at nighttime 
And then you walk and you see them in the daytime and you go, oh wait, that's not so great after all. In the nighttime, you drive by somebody's house and you look at all of the decorations and they're all lit up and you go, wow, isn't that awesome? And then you go by that same thing in the daytime and you're like, actually, there's just wires and things everywhere. They made it look sparkly, but when you look at it in the daytime, it's not nearly as cool. That's kind of how the world is. When we walk in it through the darkness, there are things that we go, wow, that's really awesome. I would really like to have one of those. I really want to spend my time doing this and prioritize that. But then God flips on the light and goes, did you know that I am God, the one who created the world, and you can know who I am? Suddenly, all these little things seem less important. All of these other shiny objects, when we flipped on the light, go, um, I'd like to spend some time with you. I'd like to get to know you. The one who created the world. The one who is perfect. The one who is holy. The one who is just. The one who is compassionate. The one who is loving. The one who brings peace. The one who brings us out of this dark world that we find ourselves in and into a place where there is eternal hope. I want to know you. To all who did receive him, to all who accepted that Jesus was God in the flesh, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. God had created them from in the beginning to be with him, to spend time with him as his people. And they rejected him and walked away from him, and so he entered into the darkness in order to bring them back and say, now will you, now will you be my people? Now that you have walked in the darkness and you've seen what the darkness offers, will you come back to the light and spend time with me? He gave them the right to become children of God, reborn by the will of God. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. When we see Jesus, we see God. Because Jesus has revealed him to us. When John is writing these words, John literally saw Jesus face to face and spent time with him. He beheld his glory. He was up on that mountain with Jesus when he was transfigured before them and he shone with radiant light so that they could see in part the glory that was bestowed on him. And now he is writing and he's saying, and I want you to know that when you read these words and you see who Jesus is, you too can see the glory of God, full of grace and full of truth. Because that is who Jesus is. It's who he was before time began. It's who he was when he created the world. It's who he was when he entered into humanity. It's who he was when he died on the cross. It's who he was when he rose from the dead. It's who he was when he ascended into heaven. And it is who he is now, seated at the right hand of God the Father on high. And it is who he will be forever 
And when you know him, you get to enter into relationship with him and rejoice in that kind of eternal life. He goes on in John 1, 18. For no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. No one's ever seen God. But Jesus, the one who's sitting at the Father's side, the one who has been with him for eternity, he has made him known to us. Paul writes about this later in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And in verse 3, he says, Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but as Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When we get ready to celebrate Christmas, this is what we're celebrating. That God entered into humanity to reveal to us the light that he had created at the beginning of time that we had rejected and walked into the darkness to avoid. I have to admit, when I started getting ready for the sermon and was reading John chapter 1, I was like, oh. again, I feel like I have preached this several times already. I feel like every year I rehash this stuff. And then I started reading it and went, oh, actually, this is really cool. Oh, actually, God entering into his creation to reveal the light into the darkness when people had rejected him is pretty cool. And the more I read it, the more excited I got. And I was like, how are we not talking about this like every week? Because God is not unknowable. He is not distant. He has revealed himself to us and he is asking us, would we become his and be drawn to him so that we can have relationship with him beginning now and lasting for all of eternity? Let's rejoice in that together. Our Father in heaven, how great and awesome you are to have seen fit to create all of this and to make us in your image to enjoy it. But Father, may we not be enamored with the creation but rather delight in its creator. When we walk in the darkness and we look at the wrong kinds of things that draw us away from you, 
Would you continue to shine the light of the gospel into our lives? That we might see those trinkets for what they are? And that we might see you for who you are? Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for entering into humanity to be as one of us. Thank you for perfectly revealing yourself to us. Having no flaw or defect of any kind. Thank you for nonetheless dying on the cross on our behalf to pay the punishment for our sins so that we might be cleansed and made pure like you are. Lord, we, we repent of our sin. We repent of turning away from you. And we ask that you would continue to reveal yourself to us. And that this light that shines in the darkness would permeate our hearts, our families, our church, our community, and this world that all might know that Jesus is God who came in the flesh to reveal your glory. It is in his name that we praise you now. Amen.